1: Jurassic World Minute, we have visit Jurassic World one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode we're discussing Minute 62 of Jurassic World, but before we get to that, David, uh, heading over to the Jurassic Park motor pool, we've got a link here to the G-Wagon, all the details on it if you want to create your own, but uh, basically uh, what we see in the films are either either, a 2013 or 2014 USA stock Mercedes G550. Mm
0: Mm-hmm it does does have the front cage bars on the uh, front there but other other than that it's basically just got the blue stripe with the numbers and the Jurassic logo on the side with for official use only underneath it
1: <laughs> yes yes which I suppose we could have discuss if uh, going out in search of the boys is an official use <laughs> that we have this minute
0: I personally find it kind of unfortunate that they went so little into this um vehicle here i mean you can even see there's a spot for a sunroof on the model but it doesn't seem that the model they're using in the movie is the model with the sunroof so you end up with this kind of plain jane vehicle Mm. and it's kind of disappointing
1: (laughs) well we'll get to a lot more of uh the issues I had with using these vehicles when we get to the minute minute itself. But, uh, um, as it does say here, black base with a silver wrap, which <laughs> they didn't even get the colors. <laughs> didn't even get them silver when they got them for the production. So, but I know there are some fans out there that have got tree wagons because of seeing them in Jurassic world. And, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I have seen a lot of these on the road without of course the blue stripe or the, uh, or the bars in front. But I mean, yeah, they're, they were a pretty popular vehicle.
1: Yeah. I wonder if it'd be different if they set this up as a sort of tour vehicle of the park and not have the Joris fees, whether they would have done more with them.
0: Honestly, I think they would have. But at the same time, they probably wouldn't have because I think, and I think I mentioned this before, that Mercedes had some in that clause when the crew rented out the vehicles that they couldn't show the Mercedes vehicles being destroyed in any way. Yeah. <laughs> So un- unfortunately, we wouldn't have had any kind of Indominus destruction with these.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a weird weird agreement they had between mm-hmm. Universal and Mercedes, which we're gonna touch on again in a little bit. But yeah, for uh, if if you have a G wagon and want to deck it out, pimp it out like the one in uh, Jurassic World, all the details here, stickers, all your uh, all your layout and that sort of stuff too. So you can um do it up just like it. it's probably one of the more faithful or more movie accurate vehicles you'd be able to do from scratch Mm -hmm. across the series just because it was so stock in the film
0: Mm -hmm. well i know especially like with um the 92 jeeps a lot of things that are trying to make them harder to um to modify is the just the fact that the the base model itself is just starting to age is Hard to find one that you don't have to completely retrofit because of rust or anything, you know. Yeah. And these are these are jeeps, so they're they're made for uh, for basically doing anything you want with them. I'm actually thinking about using my st- some of my stimulus money here and buying my cousin's because he's looking to get a new car, and he's got an old '95 Jeep Cherokee that I'm thinking about just grabbing just for general misuse.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't be a dark green, would it? Actually, it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I suppose the other, the other issue, too, is prop prop vehicles and that. They're obviously made for a film. Um, a whole heap of little things are added to them that may not be off-the-shelf items. There's a lot of uh, issues with the Jeeps, particularly mm-hmm. the... I can't think of the name of it now. The winches on the front, the... Um, the searchlights on the roof and all that sort of stuff, aerials, all this sort of little details that make the Jeep mm-hmm. a Jurassic Jeep, but can mm-hmm. be hard to find. And that's not even going into the Explorers and the bubble roof and all that sort of stuff as well. So. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen fans who have made so faithful of replicas, they even have the interactive CD-ROM uh, touchscreen on the console.
1: Yeah. Yep. I wish I would need someone that was that dedicated. <laughs> a which,
0: photo. which, interestingly, would probably be easier to do now than it probably would have been 10, 20 years ago, simply because touchscreen interfaces have become so common, you know?
1: Mm.
0: I mean, I remember I remember back in, uh, when I first read the book, that was like probably the early 2000s, I, I was kind of like, whoa! They had touchscreen in the on the park computers, and now it's just like, oh, touchscreen on my phone—big deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we have come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Whoa, Zach! Last time I saw you, you were like, that must have been what three, four years ago? Uh, seven, seven years, but, you know, close. Good to get into minute 62. Yep. All right, opens with the boys crawling from the water and ends with Owen kneeling by to the Patasaur. Um, mm-hmm. As we open on minute 62, the boys are crawled their way out of the water and Zach realises that they just jumped off the cliff and they have a bit of a laugh to each other and a hug, which is a good little bonding moment here for the boys. Mm-hmm. In, in the uh, In the shadow of death, they've come together and survived.
0: Interesting is thing here is there's actually a deleted scene that's inserted at the end here that shows them sitting on the bank drying off and they just it's just kind of like a short brotherly bonding moment where they um share a granola bar before looking at the, the long uh walk they have back to the visitor center oh
1: nice is that something that was mean, filmed, or is it just it re- was
0: yeah it's included in the special features but yeah it was kind of just kind of nice because you see the fog wafting over the trees in the park, and it was just kind of a nice Jurassic moment. I can see why it's kind of slow because it's kind of unnecessary to the movie; it doesn't really do anything. But it was just still nice scenery, you know.
1: Well, and that's that's probably also a uh, showing Universal wanting to keep the runtime to a certain runtime. All these yeah. all these people fans out there that are going what off. Uh, Sam Neill said about the the new film being six hours long, or feeling like six, six hours long, two films or one long film. Does Universal's going to keep to a time frame? It, it can feel as long as they want.
0: They usually keep around to about two hours with these movies, and I know that now fans. It's kind of that um, they just released the Snyder cut of <laughs> Justice League on uh the 18th of March and the it's 4 hours long mm. <laughs> so it's it's like a, it's almost like a mini series by itself and i know that it's kind of reinvigorated in the fandom some kind of hope that universal will see how popular this is and we'll eventually get that uh extended cut of the movies that we've never gotten But unfortunately, like director cuts have pretty much always been left up to the discretion of the director. And Spielberg, excuse the pun here, has been gun-shy about uh, going back to his older movies ever since he did the E.T. Special Edition, Mm. which um, infamously swapped guns (laughs) for radios.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we discussed this... uh... I I've done the last minutes or one of the last episodes about that. But um I got no, I've seen the notification that um in, the Indiana Jones series is getting a full four K do, Um and it says there that they're doing some extensive visual effects work as well, which I don't know if that's replacing the CG or or it's just fixing um little things here and there.
0: It wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean like for example, in Temple of Doom, you can noticeably see the matte painting bumping up to the set walls. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you could cover that with some ferns or something. You didn't have to have that there.
1: <laughs> there's some um, there's some digital face adding they could do to um, Harrison Ford's stunt double there, too, because he, of course, famously hurt his back during production, and they had to uh, film a lot of it with the stunt double and not actually Harrison Ford, which... Especially today in Blu-ray, and that you can see pretty pretty well.
0: Yeah, um, I'm probably gonna pick that set up myself just because I currently only own Indiana Jones on a VHS box set, <laughs> so I'm long I'm long overdue. Uh,
1: <laughs> but it's one of them things, and we've talked about it with the Lost World too about having that grain, and even the black, not so much black and white, but just having the VCR. <laughs> hash and that on it how much it sort of adds to the atmosphere and um like the old king kong and that and Mm -hmm. you can nearly say the same for indiana jones as well you want that sort of older look for it and not that crisp Mm -hmm. brightness but
0: at the same time some movies do benefit from it like jurassic world definitely benefits from a 4k viewing where i mean just the color balance just seems so much better you don't get any of that kind of funky filtery look to it it actually, the sky is actually looks like a, looks like the sky and not have this kind of yellowish-green tinge to it,
1: you know? Yeah, but we'll tinge it back to Jurassic World here. Um, <laughs> also interesting here, the boys, while they're out of the water, they, um, they've still got their blue wristbands on, which I've had those snap bracelets before, and yes, they are pretty strong around your wrist. Swimming through the water, I reckon, would have been the thing that maybe haven't come off mm-hmm. since they don't really serve a purpose in the rest of the film.
0: From my understanding, they can be not they're not always, but they can be like magnetic at the t- at the tips. So when they curl around, they magnetize to themselves. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had something like that, like on the wristband, so they didn't just fall off.
1: You know? Did you get any of the any of the the prop or the ones they're selling when this film? I do out? not,
0: but like I mean, I have other versions of. Just that of that style, a wristband for other fandoms, and like I said, those have the magnetic tips at the end, so that they magnetize to themselves. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like, I imagine it's probably one of those things where they want you wearing them as much as you can. So like, if people were to go swimming with them, or if they were to get wet, they don't want them just slipping off, you know?
1: Well, it's if if they are used for uh, either identification, you've got the blue one, so you're a VIP. We we build the food or drinks back to your room or whether there's that chip in it that you can scan to um, to charge to your account. Yeah, you, you want to be able to stay on whether you're swimming in that much like you sort of like your ring, your rings and that dude now where you can um, like the Amazon ring they call it or something where you can um, just scan it and it automatically charges to your account or where you exactly uh, yeah yeah so I've got I've, I do have some of those. Jurassic World uh, snap bracelets. I should, probably should have put one on just to see how, how hard it is to get one back off again. But um, but uh, this ends. Uh, it's not so much the mid the midpoint action scene, but one of the large or the, the air quotes tour vehicle um, destruction scene that we got. <laughs> on on uh, comparison with uh, the T Rex breakout, the trails on the cliff. Uh, you could say Raptors in the in the lab. Um, I can't believe how short it is—like four minutes. It's all done. Um, We're about to have three minutes of just the apatosaur dying, so it's um, it's pretty quick here. I know there's a lot of sort of action sequences throughout this film, not just the big, the big middle and the big ending one, like traditionally Mm -hmm. we have in these films. But,
0: um... but yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, I can't believe we're almost—we're already past the halfway point (laughs) on this movie, but. Like you said, it's really surprising how short the um, so, like you said, the "quote unquote" tour vehicle destruction scene is. Because traditionally, with the first two movies, there was kind of always the big centerpiece, literally the centerpiece uh, action sequence to the movie. In the first movie, it well, it was what like what about ten minutes long uh, that from the moment that the T Rex broke out to the end of the scene. And it was around equally, if not longer, in The Lost World from about the point where the T-Rexes trudge into the um, trailers, and then to the point where Roland saves them off the cliff,
1: you know? Well, there's, there's several things happening at once in both of those. You've got you've got the power goes out, you've got the T-Rex breaking out, Gennaro mm-hmm. going to the toilet, when you've got to go, you've got to go... Um, the flipping the car, Grant oh, Grant and Malcolm intervening with the flares, then Grant getting to the car, then the T-Rex returning to the car, T-Rex chewing on the car, then pushing it over the cliff, and Grant and Lex hanging on cables underneath it as well. So all those different things happening in that sequence, and the same with The Lost World, where you've got uh, the getting the, wanting the baby back, giving the baby back, that calm, and then the rollover, the start to get pushed over the cliff, trailer goes over... Then in comes Eddie in the car and the Tyrannosaurs leave. We won't go into that. Um, the Tyrannosaurs come back. Eddie's putting the rope down. Eddie's trying to pull the trailers over. They're trying to climb up from inside and just all the things sort of come together where here you've got Joris finding the opening gate going in. Oh, look, dinosaurs, Nut, no, there's one more here. It might, it might add more to the realism where, well, of course, Indominus has come in. It's gone after the Ankylosaurs. And just how sudden, how sudden it all was. Yeah. It, it wasn't really drawn out um, as much as it could have been for movie sake.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in the book, it was very short. It was basically the T Rex crashes through the fence, uh, flips the flips the their Toyotas, I think, in the book, right? Land, cruises, land cruisers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flips the Land Cruisers, uh, dumps Lex on the road tosses in the tree and leaves it was very it was almost like a blink and you miss it kind of moment it was so in the movie is much much more drawn out which i think works more cinematically hmm. but even our um Muldoon kind of ponders when he comes across the wreckage in the, on the scene how like when you're on the bush and a lion attacks you in the middle of the night you're just gone and your buddies wake up in the morning and you're just gone. There's no kind of like huge cinematic blood blood loss, <laughs> uh, like like you would expect there would be.
1: Unless it was Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's and that's the other thing too. You got the um, the other contributing factors in the novel where, um, like it's Tim, Tim falls out and passes out. Um or whoever, whoever falls when the T Rex picks the car up, someone falls out and, and, and gets knocked out, so you're not seeing the rest of the events through that character anymore. Plus you've got yeah. the juvenile T Rex there which I think the T which comes on the scene and T Rex chases it off and runs off after it. Or it's hinted at it's there. I think Ed Regis yeah, well, sees but, a shadow.
0: Yeah, the juvenile I can't remember how it breaks out, but the juvenile uh, is running from the big Rex well, and that we get a quick glimpse of it running across the road before the attack.
1: Yeah, so and somehow we, it's already out. It's out before the T-Rex, the big one, gets out.
0: Yeah, and then the big one steps on, literally steps on the fence and knocks it over, <laughs> and dumps Lex out on the road. And Tim, Tim wakes up later in, uh, on in the, with the car in the tree, and just kind of walks out. Mm. He, he just there's no kind of car chasing them down the tree like there is in the movie no
1: <laughs> no but uh now it's time to lead the boys and return to gyrosphere valley as the uh, g-wagons bouncing and that's a key word bouncing across the uh the grassy field um <laughs> not as uh not as bouncy as what we've seen with the gyrospheres earlier but uh we touched a little bit on the g-wagons before when we were talking about uh them over at the motor pool but um as we've discussed before a bit of trivia here we know Universal um, didn't seem to have an expectation of this being a big hit and not spending the money, uh, for example, on the animatronics that we've discussed before. And it appears that it was the same with the vehicles. Uh, for, for the production here in Jurassic World, they uh, hired, rented uh, seven black G-wagons from Mercedes uh, and then wrapped in the silver and blue vinyl, which we see in the final film, and uh, taken to Hawaii for the on-location shots. mm mm-hmm. After the films were wrapped, uh, all the wraps were removed. Um, there was one that stayed wrapped f- for doing the uh, the marketing um, that was seen on on sort of uh, on that set mock up with along with the abandoned jeep, which a fan then purchased some time later, and was that's when we discovered that the original vehicles were in fact black and had been wrapped, especially um, for the film, which. Uh, sort of explains why we don't get any damaged Mercedes in this um, in this film, apart from the old uh, the old pickup truck and the motorbike we're going to see in a couple of minutes.
0: Yeah,
1: which is a bit, like a big step down from what we got in the Lost World, where they destroyed they had a couple of the uh, the Mercedes AAVs and destroyed them.
0: Mm-hmm. But I do like this establishing shot here we get of the Mercedes. It's just bouncing up the uh, the grassy knoll here. The Mercedes, from my understanding, their cars are have some very good suspension. They got a very smooth ride, unlike Jeeps, which are notorious for having like practically no suspension at all.
1: Yeah, it'd be the different different between coil suspension and leaf suspension. I'd assume the G Class would be coil round, so a lot softer, softer ride. Yeah. Which, you've joked before with the, the gyrospheres and preferring the, the, rich, the rich lever of a uh, Ford Explorer to cruise around in. As basic as these vehicles are, they'd be pretty pretty comfy to ride around in as well. Um, but that's just that's just 30 years of engineering and, and Mercedes being as uh, luxurious as they are. Mm-hmm. But it uh, pulls to a stop here, and uh, Owen gets out and tells Claire to stay in the car. And uh, he gets out and closes the door behind him and slowly walks towards uh, something off to the right of the screen with his gun up. And mm-hmm. um, we'll talk a little bit more about his in the next minute. Petey's got an article up for that. But uh, he continues to walk forward and we can start to see a grey shape in the grass. And as Owen looks about, uh, the shape's slowly getting bigger as we realise it's an animal. And as the camera pulls back, uh, the tail becomes the rear legs and we can start to see the cut's in the uh, in the fallen animal, and Owen nearly disappears completely behind it as the camera pans, just to sort of prove the point of how big uh, this mm. Apatosaur is lying here, uh, even though it's CG for the most part. And a nice little touch here if the CG flies flying around. Not as not as fly-ridden as what uh, the Trenosaur nest was, but just a nice little touch with them buzzing around here. And...
0: Something I never noticed before, uh, looking at it with the, basically shot-by-shot, uh, but this is one long shot here, the from the Mercedes riding up the uh, the hill here to Owen getting out of the driver's seat and then kneeling next to the head. It, we don't get we don't we don't actually get the camera cut away until we get the shot of the cutaway to Claire getting out of the car.
1: Mhm. Which just makes it that little bit more impressive because obviously we know they had the uh, the animatronic head. For the actors to interact with, but mm-hmm. to go from uh the body to the head without a cut, um it's pretty seamless mm-hmm. I wonder too, like yes the uh, and I know about the deaf <laughs> death by a thousand cuts on the um mm-hmm. on the animal here, but there's like she scratched it up a fair bit, they don't look overly deep deep as cuts, and they don't really look like something that'd bring <laughs> bring the animal down now, of course we can't see what's on the other side of it. there may be a a large chunk of of the animal Mm -hmm. missing, but it just looks like that um, the Indominus has just been like using her hands to slash and not really biting with her, with her mouth.
0: But one, I remember uh, one of the concept art pieces that we got for this scene, for the scene with the Apatosaurus was originally it was going to be the Apatosaurus that the Indominus attacked. We would have seen it going after the neck and biting and slashing at it with the gyrosphere stuck in between before the Indominus brought down the big Apatosaurus and basically I think it would have been like a bunch of chunks out of it so like you said they might might have like a bunch of big chunks uh, missing from the other side of it that we don't see and they just filmed it that way to uh, keep the PG-13's rating
1: yeah well that's that's the other thing too <laughs> there's only so far you can go but um mm-hmm. Can't can't
0: be having Nedry holding his intestines.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. But I, I, yeah, the um, Velociraptor laying outside with a stake through its chest sort of showed a lot more <laughs> <laughs> than, than what this does. But yeah, um, and the novel does does suggest that there's bite marks on the neck and um, under its chin as well. So we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a minute. But uh, as Owen uh, reaches the neck, he uh, unshells the rifle and. Begins to kneel down uh, behind the animal's head as the uh, as the minute ends. Um, anything else on that before we get into the novel comparisons?
0: Uh, no, I think we're good.
1: Uh, Zach says you jumped. That was awesome. And Gray replies, uh, "It had forty. It had seventy-four teeth. So somehow, when they were running away from it, Gray was able to count how many teeth <laughs> the Indominus had." Um, I'm kind of glad that was removed or not added to the film.
0: I keep thinking it over and Gray is very much a numbers guy. I mean, every, pretty much every time we see him, he's rattling off some kind of number, you know?
1: All the stats.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Which I'm surprised he wasn't talking about uh, how much a Jorahs weighs or anything like that when we're in it. He just His main focus there is honestly the dinosaurs. We don't go to Owen and Claire in the G-Wagon, but instead we go to the control room where Larry is watching security camera footage from the Indominus pen. He uh, says, check this out, to Vivian, she slides over uh, next to him. It can camo, right? But watch this infrared footage, and we get to see the red-purple outline of the dinosaur blend into the foliage. Uh, Vivian's brow furrowed. The only way it could do hide from a thermal camera is if it could change its heat signature, but no animal can do that. This one can, Larry said. And from behind, Masrani said, show me again, trying to keep the anger out of his voice. And that's when Masrani uh, confronts View. Uh, most of the dialogue's the same, only Masrani's a little bit angrier and snappier Woo when he's asking, why why can't it camouflage and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know if that may have been a delayed scene too, or if it's just something added for the novel, but it's sort of...
0: Uh... Yeah, that was pretty much a word-for-word... Of another deleted scene they had cut from mo- from the movie. I didn't realize it took place at this point, though. I well, always assumed it took place after the Indominus breakout.
1: Well, it's weird and, because it goes from that straight to the Masrani Wu conversation. So, mm-hmm. um, it could have been it could have been back when we discussed that in earlier minutes, or they could have moved that Wu scene to there when it was supposed to be here. Um, before we went out in the field with Owen and Claire. But it'd feel more natural being back back then because the Indominus had just broken out and Maserone was looking for answers. Mm -hmm. When we do cut back to Owen and Claire driving through through Drysphere Valley, um, it's in Owen's beat-up SUV. It's not in a park park vehicle, which obviously wasn't being used for uh, official service. (laughs) Uh, Owen gets out (laughs) of the SUV and slowly approaches the fallen animal. Uh, He runs his hand over the wounds on the front legs, and then sees a uh, bite mark at the base of the neck, uh, and we get the line, it didn't eat her, it's killing for sport there, instead of in a couple of minutes' time. So again, just a couple of things here, chopped chopped around in different spots. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically the same. David, that's minute 62. Anything else before we get out of here for the day?
0: Uh, I do have issues with that killing for sport line, but we'll get to that when we get to that in <laughs> a <that> minute. <laughs>
1: Right, yeah. It'll be it'll be next week. In a couple of minutes' time.